Money. We all love money. I know for a fact that I do. I love buying things, sneakers on ASOS, movie tickets to see Marvel films, and oh God, I love spending money on food. I love seeing how much my money can do for me. And I'm not even ashamed of it. And as a woman who lives in Nigeria, in a society where women are often at risk and pushed to the side, it's important for me to hedge myself. And one of the best ways to do that is to arm myself with money. Having money is not enough though. I also need to know the best places to safely keep my hard-earned money. That's why I reached out to today's guest. Hi, my name is Oluwa Tosin Olasende. I enjoy talking about money. I educate people about how to grow it. And I also show them how to, you know, make it work for them in the long run. Tosin is the founder of Money Africa, a financial literacy platform. She arms people with the information and means to save, invest, and grow their money. She's also the founder of Lada, an investment platform that gives access to a couple of investment products. Tosin is incredible at managing money and helping others to do the same. But she wasn't always like this. Let's start from the beginning. Tosin has a brother and a sister who she still shares a close relationship with. Um, we grew up in Lagos. However, my parents moved to Kinshasa, Democratic Republic of Congo, about the time I was age wow. 10. So then I was in Queen's College. My sister was much younger, so my parents moved with her to Congo. So what happens is every summer holiday or, you know, that long, long break that we usually have. As kids, Tosin and her brother spent their holidays in Congo. She, in fact, speaks a little bit of Lingala. Wow. Okay, wait, so can you say one sentence in the language? Gaza Moana Yambuka. I just said that I'm a child of the soil. Moving around meant that Tosin was able to experience a lot of cultures. Something else you should know. She was some form of math whiz. Um, so my dad is a trader and he did really, really, I have to give him some credit. I'm really proud of him. So in Congo, the city center, let me see. Hmm, what can I compare it to? So maybe let's say Lagos Island. They had like four okay. big stores, right? And what he would do is this. I was young. I was like 15 or so. At the end of each day, he would make me go around all the different stores and actually do the sums with them. So they had to reconcile their books with me. That was how much trust. Like, he rated me so highly. Like, like do you understand? So I think I sort of started picking yeah. up that interest. We're seeing how much sales happened, this happened, that happened. Just basically summing up all those numbers. But yeah, it sort of it piqued my interest. When Tosin turned 16, her family moved from Congo to Johannesburg, South Africa, so she and her brother could attend university. She wasn't sure what she wanted to be. She just knew that she was really good with numbers. She applied to two schools for two different courses. And eventually, in 2006, Tosin gained admission to study accounting at the University of Johannesburg. So I graduated in 2008, December. And in January, I started my first job as an auditor. So this was at Haworth Leverton wow. Warner. It's in Santon. And now you're moving from pocket money from daddy to having a real salary. It was a decent salary. The salary I could rent an apartment in a decent area, have enough money for groceries. Like, it was enough to take care of yourself. 
So there's so much excitement there. Starting a new job. I can now finally shop and buy the clothes that I actually want. Not just, you know, working with my limited pocket money budget. So that was really, really great. And I have to give them really good credit. The training was exceptional, right? So, and also, um, it was like my first time having like a proper real job in a real office. So I'm not even going to lie. Sometimes I look at my Facebook flashbacks and I see all the updates from 2009. It was actually a really exciting year for me. Yeah, it was. As you can tell, she loved her job. She progressed from being a junior auditor to a senior auditor. But she didn't want to be an audit partner. It was just not the route she wanted for her career. So she decided to go into something else. That something else kickstarted her journey into being the money whiz she is today. Hi, my name is Aisha Salahuddin, and I like girls. This is a storytelling podcast about African women and the different experiences life shows as us for being women. If you still haven't listened to season one, I highly recommend that you do after this episode. It's available on whatever streaming platform you're listening on right now. In today's episode, we follow the work and growth of Tosin, the money woman, whose close call with brokenness spurred her to build the most fascinating enterprise. After nine years away from the country, Tosin returned to Nigeria to work with CNBC Africa in 2013. Let me tell you a bit about how she got there. Now, there was one of those days I was reading Forbes magazine and I saw an advert there. The advert said something like, do you want to be a Forbes trader? You know, they are choosing just eight people in the whole of South Africa to represent them and come and learn about the stock market. I applied. I did a nice video pitch and I sent it in. At this point, I was age 24. And luckily, <laughs> I was selected. So I was one of the eight, uh, one of the eight young um, traders in Africa then. And then it was a show on CNBC, and it was really, really, really quite, quite interesting. Now, subsequent to the show, the guys at CNBC were like, "Oh, you know, they needed an analyst in Lagos." And this time, I was in Johannesburg. That am I, am I interested? And I'd been looking about coming back home then, so it was a fantastic opportunity. So I moved back to Lagos. I worked as an analyst at CNBC Africa. Then joined Bloomberg and then joined British America Tobacco. Having all these good paying jobs meant that Tosin had money, yeah? And having your own money literally means you're the boss of your own life. So Tosin lived her life accordingly. She would splurge on the things she loved the most without really putting in much thought into what she was spending on. You know, I told you when I got my first job, it was a decent salary. I had enough to pay mm-hmm. rent, to eat. You know, have some spillover and all of that. However, I was terrible with it in the sense that I was living from hand to mouth. So I went from zero salary to actually having good money. And I'll be in Cape Town or we go to Durban and we just do all those things and I was not invested. So when we're coming, when I was coming back to Nigeria, all I had was my little car. And even that little car, I did not have it insured. I'd gone for a fashion show just two or three weeks before I was to hop on the plane and my car got stolen. So the only one little thing I had, I was hoping that I was going to sell it, use the money as, you know, to come back to Lagos, but I did not insure it. I told her to give me a sense of some of the things she splurged on. My office was literally a stone throw from Santon Mall. 
Santin Mall is like wow. it's right in the hub. <laughs> the stand is right the biggest it's, yeah, it's the biggest shopping spot is right next to it. So for instance, instead of eating out lunch every day, I could have maybe eat eat lunch maybe three times a week. The other time pack something from the house. Every day it was Nando's, it was something nice. Like I'm eating out lunch every day, right? Number two clothing like go to the stores you buy clothes you buy shoes because i mean you got auditors you're going to clients office every time you want to pop up and mm-hmm. you know how it is now you want to you know look fly and all of that there's nothing bad there but everything should be done in moderation right so i really quite quite heavy on that Tosin also traveled a lot she said she often took trips to durban and cape town with her friends so it was just that there was no boundary it was a bit excessive we were staying in a three-bed. I did not need a three-bedroom. It could have been a smaller apartment. I mean, eventually I downsized, but I did mm-hmm. not need that three-bed. You understand? So just basically do everything within moderation. Well, there was no moderation. It was all out. It was like, yes, and I now have my own money and I want to spend it all. Yeah. Tosin had some sort of financial awakening in 2013 when she moved to Lagos to take that job at CNBC Africa. She was dead broke and barely had savings. It felt like she was starting from the beginning again. So she put pen to paper. So now that I've admitted I needed to do something about this, also, I had not been in Lagos or in Nigeria for a very long time. So I needed to start understanding, you know, Mm -hmm. basically what is the bench line, the benchmarks, you know, how does it work and things like that. So at that time, I was earning 250,000 Naira, right? And I had free accommodation. Mm -hmm. I was staying with a family friend. So all I needed to worry about was my transportation from Aja to the office in Victoria Island. So I started counting, calculating. How much does it cost me to go to work every day? I calculated that. How much does it cost me to eat at work every day? It was, it was, the the food at work was relatively cheap, was as cheap if I made it at home myself. So it was fine for me to buy in the office. Basically, she did the math of how much she could save and invest after making important deductions like transport and food costs from her salary. So she was on the right track, right? But she couldn't find a platform or place with information about money, like how to invest, how to save, and so on. Eventually, in 2014, she bought some bank shares and mutual funds. So that means you had to really do a lot of extra research because the information was not in your face. It was just you going out of your own way to find it, right? And it was very scattered. And even the people that were teaching you, you did not know if they were qualified or not. Do you understand? So it was more like just people yeah. dropping their comments on Naira land and things like that. Yeah, I had to actually go dig in and do all of that work myself. I was managing like a $20 million yeah. um, fund. So my salary also has jumped over the years as well, right? Now, at office, where I was working at BAT, somebody reached out, my colleague reached out to me and she said, Tosin, can I borrow X amount of money? I said, eh, are you kidding me? She said, yes, that she had, she had, she had run out of her money. Now, I don't want to call numbers, but multinationals at managerial level really pay well. So for a person to have not, you understand, and it was just like mid-month, that day, that was when I said, oh my gosh, I needed to share this with more people because many people think that when they earn more money, they will get better with money. But in actual fact, it's yeah. not true. It's a myth, right? So that was the day I knew that if she is struggling, 
then there are other people that are not even earning as much that are also going to be struggling. So I said, let's start something. Let's start, you know, breaking it down. Let's start simplifying it. Let's break, let's demystify, you know, how investing it and how we can actually get control of our money as young people. The conversation with her colleague was the light bulb moment she needed to start sharing all the financial literacy information she had gathered over the past years. In 2017, she took the gospel of financial literacy and investments to the internet. She created an Instagram page called Money Mondays. There, she began to educate people about money. At the time, she was limited by Instagram's one-minute video policy. I remember that policy. But she still managed to deliver content around money. It wasn't long after that, her page started gaining traction. And we went from zero followers to 1,000 followers. People were asking questions. Tosin, tell me more about the treasury bill you spoke about. Show me how to do it. Send me a DM of the forms that you filled out. And, you know, it was buzzing. It was crazy buzzing. Wait, so the videos that you were making, those short videos, were they just like explainer videos of how to invest, the options people have? Tell me some of the things that you were telling people. They were explainer videos and they were very practical. So for instance, I could say, hi guys, my name is Tosin. I want to talk to you about treasury bills. So what are treasury bills? And I would just explain it simply, bring it to layman terms, do mm-hmm. everything in just one minute. Then in the comment section, people are asking questions. I'm answering a one-man show. Okay, that makes sense. In the same year, Tosin turned 30. She decided to take a break from corporate work to focus on traveling and exploring the world. She had been working since she turned 20 and she felt like she deserved a break to just chill. So she took a six-month break. Her routine was pretty much waking up, having breakfast, uploading a one-minute video for Money Mondays on Instagram, and then going about her day. More on what happened next, right after the break. I'm a product designer and developer based in Abuja, and I build websites, mobile apps, you name it. For all my clients, I recommend using Paystack to collect payments, and let me share why. First, integration is completely free. Paystack only charges a small fee per successful payment, so they only make money if you make money. Number two, the actual technical integration is super easy. I'm able to add live payments to a website in minutes. Another reason I recommend Paystack is the high success rates. This reduces the number of frustrated customers reaching out to you. Yet another benefit is that Paystack has a lot of payment options. Customers are able to pay with bank transfer, Apple Pay, their debit card, and so much more. And for many of my clients, their absolute favorite perk is a free Paystack mobile app that allows them to see payments as they're coming in, in real time. I recommend Paystack to all my clients because it makes receiving payments one less thing to worry about. And if you'd like to see for yourself, start by creating a free account at paystack.com forward slash I like girls. Tosin did not go back to corporate work after her six-month break. She took on part-time work in Lagos. And she took Money Mondays up a notch by organizing physical financial literacy classes for anyone who was interested. A lot of people liked her videos so much that they literally started demanding classes on how to manage their finances. So I'd rent out the boardroom and the boardroom had a capacity for just 20 people. So only 20 people could wow. pay me 20,000 naira for those classes. So I would have it once a month, and that was 400,000 naira. Now, for a bit of context, that was significantly lower than what I was earning as a full-time you know, employee, yeah. right? However, 
it was so joyful. It was so fulfilling and all of that. But I knew that I can't continue with 400K, you know, every month. Something has to change. And also, mm-hmm. I will still have to buy them lunch and pay for the, um, the office. Okay, okay, okay. Basically, she absolutely enjoyed the financial literacy classes, but she knew that earning that amount in the long term was just not sustainable. By October 2018, she registered Money Africa officially as a financial literacy platform for Africans, and she continued with the fiscal classes under Money Africa. But these were classes that were based in Lagos, and that presented a new challenge. All of them kept saying, I live in Abuja, but I can't come to Lagos. I live in Ibadan, I can't come to Lagos. I'm in London, I can't come to Lagos. It continued, it continued. I was like, oh, Tosin, let's use tech, right? So now this was like, oh my gosh, let's use tech. So how do we then start looking for how to, you know, have bigger classes and all of that? So we started saying, let's do webinars. Then we moved from the um, physical classes, we started doing webinars. Webinars were nice and great. We continued. Then I reached out to my friend that was, I reached out to my friend as a developer. I was like, listen, I want to build an edtech platform. How do we go about this? Can you help me with the costing? You know, yeah. can we put that together? Yeah, that's happened. Tosin and her team built a proper edtech platform that launched officially in January 2020. Through the platform, people could watch all kinds of videos and webinars about a variety of finance-related topics. It was an excellent way to augment their fiscal classes. This edtech platform is based on subscriptions, so you pay to get access to Money Africa's multiple videos and course content on money and finance. Today, her clientele has grown to accommodate multinationals and other reputable organizations, and she has also been able to employ more experts to serve her growing client base. The working class are not the only Money Africa clients. The company also has an entire section that caters to kids. So now during COVID, when all the children were at home and, you know, edu- people were educating their kids from home and things like that, um, I told one of our members then, Shetito, now Shetito is not with us anymore. I was like, Shetito, listen, these kids are at home. Their parents mm-hmm. are looking for how to keep them occupied and things like that. You know, why don't you start teaching them about money? And she loved it. She jumped on it. She's like, oh, Tosin, this is great. You know, let's do it. I, I really appreciated that support and that. You know, like, Tosin, there's something here. Let's go after it. So um, we put up an advert and we just said, you know what, we're having a summer boot camp. It's going to be online via Zoom. We have a workbook as well. And we're going to, you know, just teach the kids about money. And the parents were excited. They all subscribed. They came on Zoom. We taught them. Yeah, the kids and their parents learned a lot from those classes. So Tosin and her team decided to make it a thing. Kids are now able to learn healthy money habits through Money Africa, something I wish I had as a kid. If it's not obvious by now, I love money, not just the idea of it. I love having it and more importantly, spending it. You know that phase Tosin was in before she moved back to Nigeria, where she had spent her money on food, concerts and holidays without moderation? Yeah, that's the phase I'm currently in. In fact, that's part of why I pushed for this episode. I wanted to get a bit of advice from Tosin about the first steps to take when it comes to money management. If I come to you today and I say, Tosin, I'm super bad with money. I don't know what to do. I want to start investing or even saving. What, what's like, what are some of the beginner tips? Like, What's the first thing you would want me to do? Great. So money is actually 80% mindset and 20% knowledge. 
a lot of people think money is more about calculation, but to be honest, it starts with your mind. Now, let me give you a good example. I don't want to call the name of this institution that we taught at. These guys are earning money. Mm-hmm. I don't want to swear. They're earning crap. They're earning crap load of money. But what usually happens is this. They start at the beginning of the year. They save, they save, they save. It comes to Christmas. They book first class tickets. You know, they stay in five-star hotels, stay in the West End. They do all of that. And then they blow it all up and they start again. So it's like you're building a house. You don't get to the roofing. Somebody comes and demolishes it and then you start building again. And because you're constantly restarting, you don't get a ch- you don't get the opportunity to compound. So even if people want to come and immediately you want to start plugging them to invest in, if they don't have the mindset of compounding, it's a wasted effort. Mm-hmm. Think of this: you put a bucket underneath the leaking tap, and you're constantly going into that bucket to scoop out water. That bucket will never fill mm-hmm. up, right? Because you're not letting it to, to compound. So where am I going for beginners? So since I have 500K, what do I invest in? Be patient, be calm. First thing first, I want you to understand how money works. We always recommend this book. It's called The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. Pick it up, go and read it. Start with your mind first. Once okay. you've done that, the next thing we want you to do is write down your financial goals. So step one, a mindset change has to happen. In order for my behavior to be altered positively towards a thing, I need to understand it very well. And step two, I need to write down my financial goals. And Tosin is not talking about the grand goals. So for beginners, financial goals are important because it helps you. So we have three kinds of financial goals. We have the short term, it's less than a year. You have to be realistic here. Uh, In medium term, you can be a bit adventurous. And for the long term, you can be a dreamer, right? So for instance, good example, I want to buy a house in the next five years, but I have time. So I'm asking myself, what skill can I learn now so that in the next three years I'm earning more and I'm in a better position for it? So financial goals are very important because now it also works with your mind, pushing you in that direction, forcing you to learn new skills, building new habits so that those dreams can come to pass. You can also say, oh, I'm just going to rush and put that money in the stock market. But the question is this, are you going to compound it? When you get into trouble, would you not go and quickly sell those stock and release yourself? So the knowledge is important. And the planning is also key. That makes sense. And I feel toasting. After understanding how money works, it's important to plug leaks and set realistic goals. She also talks to me about emergency funds. It's helpful to put aside some easily accessible cash for unplanned events requiring money. So all these little, little things are more important than just quickly rushing. I just want to quickly invest now. Now, you know, that rush, like, why are you rushing? Get the foundation right. Let's build that structure. So when you have a good structure, you are able to build and compound on it. So um, so that's just my tips for beginner investors. Calm down. Let's get the basics right. Let's know why we are doing it so we can go in the long run. That makes a lot of sense. Based on everything Tosin has said, I know that personally, I need to define my financial goals before making any bold move. I genuinely hope you're all learning from this as much as I am. After the break, Tosin and I speak more about why it's important for women to get their finances in order. I'm a fashion designer. I love to design clothing that makes women feel beautiful and comfortable. After a year of procrastination and self-doubt, I finally decided to start my fashion business. At the beginning, I was worried that I would struggle with how to display my unique styles online. But then... I discovered another designer's gorgeous paystack storefront and it was the solution to my worries. 
With Storefront, I get a free online store where I can display my designs and add in details. I can choose background colors and upload pictures and videos of my girlfriends modeling my outfits. I love that I can display my designs the way I intended for them to be seen. And of course, very importantly, my customers can pay quickly. They just select their dress size, add to cart, choose a payment method and pay. It's been a fantastic experience so far. With Storefront, you too can build a beautiful online store with a delightful shopping experience for your customers. Open a free Paystack account at paystack.com forward slash I like girls. Because this is a podcast for women, I snuck in a quick question for Tosin to answer. Can you just tell me a bit about why you think it's important for women to grow and, I guess, invest? I know it's important for everyone, but I kind of want you to speak specific to women now. Okay, great. There was a research that showed that um, <laughs> that when a woman is in the hands of a woman, it goes to their family and it goes like a lot of people benefit. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not just for them. It's also for those that are around them as well. Right. Another reason why it's also very, very important for a woman or even just anyone in general is the fact that you can actually take care of your own self. Right. You are your own backup plan, your your own bank. And everybody needs to be able to beat their chest and say to a certain extent, you know, if anything happens, I want to be able to fall back on myself first before I fall back on any other person. And that is very, very important. Also, there's research that also backs it that it gives you a certain kind of confidence, right? To take risk, right? I read, a, um, I was reading an article the other day and it was just talking about the ability to take risk. The truth is, if you are constantly in a place of survival, it's hard to do that. Not because you are foolish, not because you are stupid, but because you need to survive. So yeah. you will actually start learning how to invest and how to transcend from the place of survival to just go above it. The mind is better positioned to take risk. The mind is better positioned to grow in the long term, to progress, to move forward. So that survival stage is a big trap. And I totally understand that it's not some people's fault. It's just, you know, the system, the society. So this is not like a shaming, um, um, it's not a shaming conversation, but if you're in the opportunity, to, to, to mm-hmm. move from that survival to be able to it, it's just one of the reasons why it's very helpful I get what Tosin is saying as women we generally earn less than men through no fault of ours and because of this disparity in earnings it's important for us to prioritize ourselves and our finances like find ways to grow our money enough to put aside some of it for personal care and in some cases safety I really like that Tosin acknowledged the difficulty of putting yourself first when it comes to finances. Sometimes, there's just no room for that. When you're earning significantly low, you're pretty much always in survival mode with money. There's no time or money to think about savings and investments. It's more about the next meal or getting your parents and kids, if you have any, the proper clothes and shelter. So yes, as women, we need to put ourselves first, even though it can be incredibly hard. Speaking of things that are hard, running a business like Money Africa is not without challenges. Tosin says being an entrepreneur is not easy. Having an in-house team, engineers are not cheap. They come in quite expensive. <laughs> and then you want to be world-class. Yeah. You, know, you want to go to the next level. You want to build products that, you know, it's not just um, on a level of one anymore, you're going to 10. And I think that's just where the challenge comes in, having to scale and having to go above the norm. 
right? So team building, you know, ensuring that you have the right team, very, very critical. Also scaling, expansion, bootstrapping, funding amongst others. So these are all the different places that this thing actually come in and how to, you know, navigate it and actually do it properly. So those are some of the challenges. But, you know, just with challenges, it's not impossible. You have to just, you know, looking at the best strategies, how the best way to go about it and just keep evolving. Uh, I get it. I run a business too. And I'm constantly thinking about growth, content, expansion, colleagues and funding. It's long, but there are upsides too. In Tosin's case, she's motivated by feedback on the work Money Africa does. The best part are the testimonials. People say, oh my gosh, Tosin, I bought my first stock. Tosin, I'm going back to school. Fantastic. That's a great investment. You know, people talk about, you know, investing. You're your biggest asset. You should invest in yourself. You're the engine, right? The quality of the engine charges what comes in. So um, we love it. Right. Oh, Tosin, I have a budget now. Fantastic. Tosin, I now plan. I'm able to go on a holiday. Fantastic. We love it. So I think it's those testimonies. Um, people actually being patient, you know, building in the long run, having a 10 years um, investment mindset. No more investing for three months. No more doing Ponzi schemes. No more doing MMM. They're now staying faithful. They're increasing their skills. They're getting new jobs. Girl, you know, when you hear those news, it makes you so happy. Right. And that the beautiful thing is this. One person that becomes financially literate, they become obsessed. They want to, they, it's like a follow, it's like a, what's that word? It's like a cult. They want to bring other people in, right? So once they find yeah. the light, they want to get other people yeah. in. So before you know what happens, who knows, you know, more people are coming in and you're just educating and educating. Or they could even go ahead and just be educated and then it becomes a whirlwind and a fire and everybody's doing it. I feel tossing. We all love to know the ways in which the work we are often so passionate about has impacted other people's lives. Knowing that our work touches lives motivates us to go even harder, which is why you should rate I Like Girls and drop a review on your favorite streaming platform. I'd like to know how this podcast has impacted you, you know. <laughs> okay, back to toasting. The reviews and testimonials for Money Africa aren't the only bright side. Getting recognized for her work also encourages her to keep going. She has made several appearances on TV. And then people actually know who she is when she's out in public. And that's something she's really grateful for. It feels good, to be very honest. Um, it feels very good. And sometimes you're very hard on yourself, like, oh my gosh, you know, you want to grow faster, we want to do more. But you also have to acknowledge the work that you've already done, you know. As we wrapped up the episode, I asked Tosin to share Money Africa's long-term goals with me. She says, even though she's building Money Africa from Nigeria, she's not just building it for Nigerians. She plans to take the gospel of financial independence and literacy to more Black people all over the world. With each new sign-up, Tosin is inching closer to her goal of reaching 10 million Black people. And I'm honestly very excited for her and Money Africa. So we've taught educated over 200,000 people online and offline. That's for people that have not paid. In terms of our paid members, we've had over 35,000 people that have paid, right? So we also do it in such a way that even those that haven't paid, you know, they get impacted and all of that. We're very intentional. We have students program. We have, you know, um, kiddies one. And, you know, we just keep ensuring that we're putting the work out there. We're educating and we're ensuring that as much people as possible, as many people as possible, sorry, are getting educated about their numbers. 
I'm 100% rooting for Tosin. She recently started Lada. It's an app that gives access to an array of investment options, consolidating on all the great work she's done with Money Advice over the years. Today, it's Money Africa. Tomorrow, it's Lada. Who knows what Tosin is cooking up next? Whatever it is, I'm rooting for her. Thank you for listening to this episode of I Like Girls. I Like Girls is produced by 27 Productions. If you'd like to get in touch with us, visit 27productions.co forward slash I Like Girls. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at I Like Girls Pod. Also, please rate and review us on whatever streaming platform you're listening on. Rating us helps other people to discover the podcast just like you. This episode is produced by me, Aisha Salahuddin, and written by me and Samiat Alamutu. Audio engineering is by Dusky. Our editor is Peter Akinosi, and our theme music is by Banks with a double G. The rest of the music you heard throughout this episode is by Blue Dot Sessions. Special thanks to Paystack for sponsoring this episode. I'll catch you on the next one.